Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So welcome back everybody after lunch. Um, lunchtime is often a difficult time for sitting zazen because digesting our food we can sometimes feel a little bit sleepy. So I will say a few words in and out of, to, of this particular period of sitting and that's why I'm recording it. Um, sometimes I surprise myself and say something which is uh, I didn't expect to say. So. Uh, relax back into your postures. Settling onto the breath. You may keep your eyes open or closed. You don't have to sit facing the screen if you want to turn sideways. And we'll continue this afternoon with our ongoing contemplation of the Heart Sutra. And um, I think the, uh, the title I gave for this meditation was You Are Not Your Thoughts. It was kind of a, like a contemplation on the five, the emptiness of the five skandhas. which following on from this morning had me thinking of waterfalls. And we came across a couple of um, references to waterfalls in the literature. So from uh, Akamura, he says, from the perspective of emptiness, this body and mind is like a waterfall. This body and mind is like a waterfall. A waterfall is not a thing, but rather a name for a process of happening. We are all waterfalls, falling moment by moment. We are happenings. Our names and date of birth are just conventions. Just like we cannot distinguish where the waterfall begins and ends, we cannot distinguish where we begin and end. The feeling that uh, Andrew has a continuous existence is just a convenient fiction. Illustrated in the uh, phrase about um, the spirit of sharing tea together in the Japanese tea ceremony. 
excuse my pronunciation, Ichigo Ichiye. Phrase Ichigo means one time, and Ichiye means one meeting. So each meeting or encounter happens only once. We cannot meet with the same person twice. We cannot step into the same river twice. We cannot even step into the same river once. <clears throat> So even though we, uh, in the Buddhist teachings, we talk about the five skandhas, they're more like five tributaries of the one river. Those five skandhas are typically uh, described as, again, they have different names and different translations. Form, which has the Sanskrit word rupa, which is sometimes translated as body, physical form. I'd like to think of it as the world body first scandal is the world body we are in the world body we are not separate from the world we're not separate from the mountains and the sky the sea the earth and indeed we the uh, the world shows itself to us because we are conscious. We're conscious of ourselves <clears throat> reflecting on this place where we find ourselves. In many ways, you could say the world comes into being through our being. We are the opening where the light of existence comes into being. The second scandal is usually named either sensations or feelings. So this is 
non-separate from the world. We experience the world through our body, through our sensations. And there's almost like an automatic evaluation that happens of whether this feels good or bad or neutral, or whether it feels positive or negative or neutral. So if it's painful, that's a, that's a bad thing. If it's pleasurable, that's nice. And if it's just raining, it's just raining. It might be pleasurable, or it might not be, or it might be neutral. Some mix of them all. Like all the skandhas, we have no control over the waterfall. We have no control over the experience we have of feelings being positive or negative or neutral. The third skanda is often named either perceptions or conceptions indicating the uh, the unity of percept and concept so perceptions of sounds perceptions of colors influenced by our conceptions influenced by our language how the world comes into being for us is always influenced by the domain of language The world shows up in different ways, according to the different times or places we find ourselves in. And like I mentioned this morning, the world shows up quite differently, depending on what species being we are. So the world of an ant, or the world of a kangaroo would be quite different to the world of a human being. Maybe one day, if reincarnation is true, we might get to experience what the world of a kangaroo or an ant may feel like. So the world, we are in the world and we cannot separate ourselves from the world. We and and the world are born together at the same time in that sense. And the world and the self have their being within this larger context we call being. And being is context and cannot be seen and cannot be heard or cannot be tasted. We can only perceive other beings, not being itself. The fourth skanda, again, many different names for it in the translations. Mental formations is one of them. 
In the Red Pine translation, he uses memories, I think. It's the sense of our mental and emotional life is one way to view it. It's where we find our thoughts and our stories, our emotional reactions. I guess the history of our layering of um, the various experiences we've had, both at the level of emotion and at the level of story. And finally, the fifth skanda, sometimes translated as consciousness, but that sounds very global. So some translators um, translated as a, as discernment or discrimination, the mind which, dis, which discriminates, discerns. So we need the sense of discrimination, which we know that that's a, a, call, a, a crow in the background cawing. It's discriminating the crow from the background sounds. We know that's a, a motor car the sound of a motor car going past as the mind discriminates the sound of the motor car from the other sounds. And all this is happening interconnectedly, interdependently, like one huge waterfall, which we have no control over. Just like we have no control over our thoughts, we have no control over the rain and so on. So let's just settle back a little bit into some silence and just enjoy the waterfall of being from moment to moment. And I will just go into silence for a while.
Avalokiteshvara clearly saw that all five skandhas are empty, freeing us all from identification as a separate self and thereby releasing us from all anguish and distress. So when we think of the body, the body in the world, dying and being born every moment, there is no separate I to be found anywhere in that process. There is no owner of the body. The same with feelings. There is no I or owner of feelings. Same with perceptions and concepts. There is no owner or I to be found in the perceptions and concepts. But having said that, of course, they are interdependent with the culture we find ourselves in. Our perceptions, concepts are influenced, as I said, by the particular time or place we find ourselves in as human beings. Not only are we born in the world and be in the world, we also are historical beings. We be historically. And the world will show up differently according to our species being and our historical being. As well as the uniqueness of our own individual family that we are born into. Similarly, there's no I to be owning my thoughts the thoughts may create the illusion of an I or an illusion of a thinker that's thinking the thoughts. But if you try and find the thinker, there is no thinker to be found. There are only thoughts or thinking. Thoughts just fall through us like rain falling from the sky. Genuine thinking depends upon a genuine question. So most of the time as we sit, we just let the thoughts appear and disappear. But in moments of contemplation, one can hold a question, which generates a question which is worthy of thinking. Which is different to the kind of run-of-the-mill ruminations which go through our minds every day. Similarly with stories, stories also create the illusion of a, a somebody, a center to the drama, the hero of the drama. Choco Beck uh, 
if you uh, purchase her third book, collection of uh, talks edited by her one of her daughters. In her third book, um, there's a lot more material on what uh, Joker Beck referred to as the core belief. And what she meant by that pretty simply was that uh, every child experiences some small T trauma or a number of small T traumas. And around that um, develops a, a negative core self-belief and deficit story of the self, uh, which we're all familiar with. And uh, we can tend to act our lives out of that unconscious core belief. Practice is bringing our awareness as best we can to the strategies we use to protect us from that core belief, which is often painful, such as I'm unlovable, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, and so on and so on. To see the emptiness of those negative core beliefs is an ongoing challenge of our practice. And we become aware of them in our interactions, in our relationships, through upset. When we find ourselves becoming upset, we can inquire into what core belief may be manifesting at that moment. And it's very important to make the distinction between the story and what happened. And as Joker would say, drop the story and just be the experiencing. We practice experiencing here now in our Zazen practice. Just being the experiencing of whatever scanders are arising and falling from moment to moment. And finally, in the fifth scander, I'm not to be found neither in discernment. I can discern between the sound of a bird and the sound of a frog. It is a given just like the rain. So let us return back to just experiencing this moment as a waterfall of all the five tributaries of the skandhas from moment to moment.
Finally, I'm going to read you a quote about what is sometimes referred to in the literature as event ontology, as distinct from substance ontology, which we're most aware of. So substance ontology is kind of viewing the world as a collection of objects or things which are permanent. And event ontology is like the theme of the waterfall, all flowing. So I'm just going to read a quote out to give you a feeling for this. To begin, try this. Imagine that the phenomena in the world around you, people, trees, dogs, the sky, do not merely exist, but are at every moment coming into existence. Imagine that when you look at a tree, you aren't observing a thing that is just there, but an event. The tree is occurring. It is not an object to be used. The tree is occurring. Instead of just a tree, like a thing, you are in the presence of a happening. Treeing. T-R-E-E-I-N-G. Treeing. The happening is ongoing. As the tree withdraws from the world and emerges, its emergence and withdrawal so correlated in time that they are perceived only as a quality of aliveness. Imagine now that this is the nature of reality, that we live in a world of beings rather than merely beings a world that is renewing itself in each instant. And imagine further that you, as a being in that world, are likewise emerging newly in every moment. Imagine that you are not a fixed phenomenon, but that, like the tree, you occur for yourself and for others and withdraw and occur, a new being in each occurrence. Imagine that a human being is an event, an event with language, and therefore very different from trees, but nevertheless a happening like all of the other beings in the world, where absence is always the background accompaniment to presence. Non-existence is the background for your existence. Maybe that is something like what the Heart Sutra is trying to convey. The closest Western philosopher to this tradition who taught around about the same time as the historical Buddha 
was Heraclitus, a Greek pre-Socratic thinker. Let's just go back into experiencing the waterfall for the last few minutes. Simply without absence, there could be no presence. This moment has to give way for the next moment, and so on. May we continue to enjoy our water falling.
You know, the five tributaries of the Skandas are just the one river. And as we fall over the waterfall, to use a metaphor or analogy from Shunru Suzuki, sometimes those droplets of water get separated and momentarily feel that they separate and feel all the anxiety of falling all by themselves. Until again, once more at the bottom of the waterfall, they're reunited, become one with the river. 